Hi, friends. Logan Clements here with the Better Events Podcast. And in this week's episode, Mary and I share a little bit about what's been top of mind for us as we navigate this busy Q4, you know, the fourth quarter of the year, and just some things that have been coming up for us around work. It's a little insight into our processes and maybe just some of our struggles and our successes that we've been experiencing these last few months. We hope you learned something from it. And before we get into it, we do want to encourage you, if you like what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, helps other people find us. And, you know, we're planning the Better Events Conference this year, and we hope you can join us virtually on Wednesday, December 20th. So get your tickets today. The link is in our show notes. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow, and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started, and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. This is Mary Davidson, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by Logan Clements, our other co-host. And today we are just going to do a little check-in. We are talking about um, it's the start of Q4, and we are just going to share what's on top of mind for us. And before we get into that, we want to invite you, if you have not already signed up for the Better Events Conference, this is happening on Wednesday, December 20th. It's virtual. It's an event that we are putting on. We are taking all this wonderful content and ideas that we've formed and are creating a conference about it. And we would love to see you there. We have some folks who've already signed up and we're going to keep signups open for a little while longer. And so please check out more information about that in the show notes. You can also get involved by submitting Brain Bites or becoming a partner. There are lots of ways that we'd love to see you participate. And so we hope to see you there. Now, before we get into our episode, we, of course, have our conversation starter. So, Logan, if there was an extra hour every day, what would you do with it? So, listeners, I'm coming to this, coming to you live right now from Santiago, Chile, where I'm at a six-week event, three weeks in. So, that is the lens that I'm going to answer your conversation starter, Mary, because I looked at this question and I went, you know what? I would go sleep. I would, I would definitely pick sleep. I've had some really long event days on site with very early mornings, getting back late. And then I still have to do updates to my script and things that happened on site. I have to write a report. And I just, I feel like sleep would honestly be the most beneficial. And I'm in a little bit of a breather right now before we start the para uh, Pan American games. And sleep has been the main thing that I've been prioritizing. But how about you, Mary? If you had an extra hour in the day, what would you do with it? I would probably say like exercise or go on a walk or something like that. I was really, really good at doing that most of the year. But at this specific point in time, I'm just tired and I I don't know. I'm losing some motivation. And so, yeah, I think that I would love to be able to allocate more time for that and get back into it. Yeah. And this is also the time of year I know in Seattle where we get the big dark in the Pacific yeah. Northwest where it's dark before 5 p.m., which usually I'm like, you can sneak a walk in after work, but if it's really dark out, you're probably just wanting to kind of cozy in. So I hear that a lot. And yeah, listeners, this week is just really a check-in with Mary and I. We're going to share just some stuff that's top of mind, been coming up for us in our busy fall event season. And I I feel like these are some conversations Mary and I have had privately, and we've just thought it'd be helpful for you listeners. You know, Maybe you're feeling the same way, or you're able to glean something that 
you know, we're learning the tough way that maybe you don't have to learn the tough way as you look to finish the end of the year really strong. Um, so Mary, do you want to kick us off with our listeners of just kind of sharing what's something that's kind of been top of mind for you in these last couple of weeks? Yeah. Um, I have been working really hard lately. It feels like a, like extra struggle push lately in, um, trying not to like, I don't even know how to word it like over people, please. We talk about people pleasing, I think a lot here, but now it's gotten to a point where I know that I have to change something. I have to try to get, let things roll off of me a little bit more. I'm just like, I internalize everything that's really challenging. It makes you tired. (laughs) And so I just, that's something that's been extremely top of mind. And it, it's my personal life, but it really is triggered by my business life. Like that intense need to just please people and have them like you and like the service that you provide. And I'm just learning by working with, you know, so many different people that I can't always do that. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. I feel like I'm giving the same amount of energy and effort to to different people. And sometimes it's enough and sometimes it's not. And then when it's not, I kind of just need to let that roll off of me. Now, I'm not saying there's not room to improve. But there's a balance there, and that's something that um, I'm really, really trying to work on that has been in influencing my business, I would say. So that one's kind of heavy. Wow, started off strong. <laughs> no, I, but Mary, I think what was so important there, you just said it was like you were offering the same level of service and energy and, you know, same level of service to two different people, and then maybe you're getting two different things of feedback. And that's really hard, mm-hmm. especially when you are really your business. I know you have employees, but like you still are very, very linked to your business. Like that's hard for you to figure out because again, it makes sense if you're like, oh, I, you know, I really focus on this one client, client A, and I didn't focus on client B. It makes sense. Client B is not happy. But if you did both, yeah, like, like I feel like that was something when I first started in business, I had always, someone had told me like, well, who are you, who's your ideal client? And I was like, everybody, I want to work for everybody. And then as I've been working, I've learned there's like some people who just might not be satisfied no matter what you do, no matter how great of a job you do. And then there's the other people that you can, you feel like you, you know, you did everything and they think you're like the biggest rock star ever. And it would be like, well, what's the, you know, and you could sit there and kind of pull your hair out of like, what's the difference in realizing just sometimes you're not the right fit for everybody. And that's a hard one that you have to learn. I feel like going through it or mm-hmm. the even harder part is that client, even then they're like, they might really like you and you realize oh, I don't like working with them. <laughs> and, and you know, even though you did a good job and but on the outside, but then realizing like internally, you know, maybe it's just not the right fit because things can't roll off or whatever it is that, you know, is sticking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's been fun. But Logan, what about you? What's something that's top of mind for you? Yeah, for me, I mean, I think uh, my first couple weeks here in Chile were were pretty tough. I, I was, I think I told Mary my first, one of my first days, my first competition days here, I'm a venue producer. So I'm doing like what I did at the Olympics where I'm show calling, I'm queuing all of the elements for the in-person experience. So the video board, the lighting, the DJ, the announcers, but I'm doing sports I've never done before. And so what we do as a venue producer is kind of the same across a lot of the different sports. It doesn't, that part doesn't matter. But then when you get into the sport actually starting, like when the timeouts happen, basketball is very different than football and I'm doing martial arts. So that has been a whole experience of just learning these new sports. But on my first day I had of competition, I just had a lot of things happen that I will say that day went down is probably one of the most challenging days of my career. It, or at least in the top five, which 
you never want to crack a new one in the top five. I will say that. Uh, it was really tough. A lot of things happened that were out of our control. And in the moment when I got home, I just broke down. It was really, it, yeah, it was just wrenching. Luckily, I had I called my partner and just like kind of ugly cried <laughs> and released all of this tension and things that I had absorbed. You talked about releasing the Mary and like I had to do that after. But like in the moment, I felt like I was just absorbing all this stress from everyone around me and reflecting back a very calm demeanor. And I had teammates compliment me later, which felt amazing. But in the moment, it just felt like I couldn't win. And it was just one of those that I would had a moment where I wanted to like break down while I was on site. And I went, that's not going to help. It's only going to make it worse. Like that gives me zero help. I need to hold this in until I get home and then I can let it all go. Um, and so that was something that in the moment, it felt very overwhelming. And my partner was very kind and listened to me <laughs> vent and things. And then his advice was to go take a hot shower and just like continue to get all this emotion out of me and then sit down and, you know, write a report. I had to write a report every night. So I was like, write down, you know, the key things and know that you got through it. And the next day, it's like, you've already gotten through it. And I do feel like it's this armor I get to wear now of like, I did that. And I'm very proud looking back on it that I got through it. I wouldn't want to repeat it again, but it was just one of those moments as an event professional where it's like, you can plan, you can rehearse. And then so much of what we do is like linked to other things. And if all of those things are constantly shifting and moving and changing or giving you incorrect information, it can make your whole experience that much more challenging. Um, and so I guess I don't really have a takeaway for listeners of like, if that happens, but just kind of knowing, I, I encourage you and I hope, I feel like what helped me in that moment was I've, I have built my awareness up around myself and knowing what I need in the moment. And it was one of those, like, I'm going to cry. I'm not going to cry on site because that's not going to help me. But tonight when I get home, I'm going to, I'm going to cry. And I had someone I could call to, so I wasn't going to be there by myself crying. And that was just very cathartic for me and very helpful to helping me move forward. Cause it was one of those things where it's not like the event was over and I never had to do it again. It was like, Oh no, I'm doing this for two weeks. <laughs> so I need to, you know, let it out, figure out what, what I can do to change it and like move forward. And I just always had this then armor on me of like, you've already done that. It's not, that day's never going to happen again. Like, cause you're, you're already wiser for it. So yeah. <laughs> I'm over here just like snapping for you because you, I, I've said this so much lately, which maybe is a reflection on, on things, but you can do hard things. We can do hard things. It's okay. But also when you shared this with me, I was just so impressed about like how you handled it with grace. And then you cried later. <laughs> I couldn't, I literally hard. in the moment, I like went to the bathroom at one point. Cause I was like, and I just, again, I know myself. I'm like, oh, I just need to, I'm, I'm going to need to cry. And then I go, but I don't have time. Like I literally in this day yeah. did not have time to even take five minutes, I could go to the bathroom really quickly. And I was like, if I come out and I look distressed, like everyone around me was stressing out. And it was just one of those things. I was like, the best thing I can do is just breathe, calm, take it in. But I also have learned like in event pros, we talk about it. We're like, what do they call us? We say we're like ducks on the water, swans where we smooth, we're so graceful above the water. And like our feet are furiously paddling underneath. And like, that was how it felt in this moment. But I also realized like you talk about letting it go I can't, I have to like consciously let it go. Like it was one of those things I was like, I'm absorbing this. Like I'm not letting it affect me in the moment, but I felt physically felt like I'd absorbed all this stress, all of these things that had happened and I had to let it out. And that's something that um, I think I talked, I definitely have talked about burnout on this podcast before. And there's a burnout book that I highly, highly recommend. And we'll put it here in the show notes for you because that helps me just 
that talks about the science of burnout and the physical responses that our body has. And that book has just been really helpful, I guess, would start me with that awareness of like how stress manifests itself in your body and how you might be aware of it or you might not be aware of it. And a lot of it talks about doing physical release, like even just like tensing up and then releasing like and making yourself really tense physically and then releasing like that'll actually give your body a physical response to calm down or getting a six second hug from someone you love and trust. It can be a friend. It could be a romantic partner. Like that tells your body to like calm down. And when I'm on the road doing an event by myself, you know, I have folks and people I know here, but it was a very vulnerable moment for me. And so the person I think the one I wanted to be there with me while I'm having this really emotional moment was my partner. <laughs> Not somebody I would just met, and then all of a sudden I'm gonna get in there and like ugly like, like I was Mary, I was it was ugly cry. <laughs> it was oh. it was gross. We all make an ugly cry once in a while, you know. Oh yeah. I mean again, I, I was like, I don't make a habit out of it, but it's from again now looking back, I'm like, yep, definitely still makes top five because I was I was a mess when I and then it was the minute my door closed on my hotel room door. Like I held it together all the way. I had yeah. people I rode back yep. with in the car, door closed, oh, yeah. ugly cried dialed my partner. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Before yeah. he even answered, I was just, I was just, yeah. oh. I don't think we realize no. how much we just like take it in sometimes too for events. Like it's not at all the same situation, but I just did an event like a few days ago and it was a extremely late night. Like I think we got out of there at like 3 a.m. And by as soon as I got in the elevator, I started crying. And I think it was just because I was tired. You know, at that point, it's just like yeah. you're overstimulated and you're tired. But it was like you held it together until that point and then bam, as soon as nobody's there except the security cameras who were probably like, I hope she's okay. <laughs> and I was. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just had to let it out for a second. So I totally, I totally feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a Medium article, I'll put it here, and that I'd written about um, a couple years ago about why I think it's actually good if you cry about your work because <laughs> I feel like there's a, a, a stigma, especially with women and it you know comes from just kind of a very sexist lens that men think women are emotional and you know of course they're going to cry at work you don't see guys crying at work and it was just that's the lens i feel like i grew up with or like understanding like if you're a female in the workplace don't cry it only enforces that you're emotional and i i wrote this from a, a place that i think i i cried about another job and i had this realization where i was like part of me was like why are you crying about this this is silly like your male counterparts aren't crying and then i was like but for me, when I cry, it is, it's showing that I, I'm emoting something, like I'm feeling something, I care about this. And actually, you know, crying for me is a good thing because it shows that I actually cared. <laughs> like I actually really wanted the things I didn't care about or I'm like, oh, that, you know, doesn't really matter. I'm not going to cry about it. Like I truly am not. Like the way I, I know when I get upset about something like that and feel that strongly of an emotion, it's usually an indicator that I'm on the right path. And just something has happened that's making me react to this way. But it was like actually a positive thing to cry about it. And so that's, I mean, again, something after having this really rough first day, I had a great like everything. Again, I just went in eyes wide open event day after event day here. And I've had like overall, it's been an amazing experience and I've loved it. And it's great. The people I work with are awesome. And I've gotten to, you know, relate with some other producers who've had some like their own challenges. No one's been similar, but just different in their own ways. And it's again, I'm like, oh, I cried because I cared. A lot of what I cried about was me caring so much and wanting to do a good job and feeling frustrated that certain things had happened that made me feel in the moment like I wasn't doing a good job. After the fact, reflecting days later, I'm like, no, I did a really good job. And I actually had my announcer was like, most producers would have probably cried multiple times that day. <laughs> I was like, fun fact. 
I waited till I was in private. And then, yes, I did cry, but not in the moment because <laughs> it didn't help. It didn't help. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I feel like, well, I'm not sure what other the other things are top of mind for you, but mine are still going down this this road of like emotional <laughs> responses. We so. love emotions. This uh, is, you this know, is that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, and I brought this up before in an episode we did about like how to thank people at events. And I, um, I have just, I think I realized that my love language for events is words of affirmation. I don't think that's that in my in my normal life, I will say. So I, I'm just thinking about this right now. So maybe it can differ. I mean, I don't know. But <clears throat> I feel like I want to hear that people are pleased. I want to hear thank you. I just want to know that like all this work, to your point, like we put a lot into it to hear that it's appreciated. And I kind of am like, I've struggled with this a lot. Um, and I've talked to some people about it. And they've said, well, like, but you're providing a service. This is customer service. You're providing a service. Like you don't you may never get thanked, but that's just kind of what your job is. And I'm like, I hear that. And I think it's, I think it's true, but also I'm like, oh my gosh, like it just feels very thankless. And maybe it is because of like that fact that personally we're putting so much into it. I think that's part of the reason why I'm feeling all these things is like, we're doing all this and it just, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard when I feel like I'm not appreciated. Um, and the only reason I feel like I'm not appreciated, I think, is because I don't necessarily hear people verbalize it. But I will say, like, and I think the reason I, I've learned that this is important to me is because at a recent event, um, we struggled with scope and, and a lot of things like that. But what did happen is at, during the program, when they were giving thanks, they said, and thank you to Mary from EP events. And that never really happens. You don't get those, that verbal recognition in front of everyone naturally. The only other times I've gotten it was when I've built it at the script and people have just read it, but this was like <laughs> unsolicited and they just said it. And I was like, wow, that actually meant like a lot in that moment. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to it either. If I just need to like get over it, but yeah, sometimes I know. I, like I think that. I think that's such good awareness. I mean, it is like your love language. The love love languages are real in relationships, and I would say your relationship with your clients and work is also a relationship. So it makes sense that you'd know what a work you know your love language is there. I feel like my reaction to you saying that is that I would encourage you to build some processes in that help you solicit those words of affirmation that you're looking for in a in the way of like your post event, you know, feedback or your post-event meeting with them, like having that question of exactly like, hey, what 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 did you think we did really well? Or what went really well for the event? And just like teeing them up to say something positive. Because I do think, again, clients, if you're listening to this, the best practice is to always thank all your vendors. Thank everybody that you work with, even as simple as just a quick email the day after of saying thank you so much. Again, it is a service, but you still should be thanking people. But yeah, to get even more explicit, I mean, I'm I constantly forget to send people my like links to writing me a review on Google or on Facebook because you can't just put them there yourself. If someone sends it to you privately in an email, you can't go and post reviews for yourself on those those accounts. They have to go do it. And so I've tried to make it as simple as possible. Like here's the links. Take three minutes. It means a lot to me if you write, you know, something public facing. Um, I did also start a smile file. I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast on my laptop. That is a folder on my computer where I screenshot things that positive feedback that I get. I think I got this from some workshop that was talking about if you work, you know, full time for someone and you're trying to like figure out, you know, make your argument for getting a promotion or a raise. 
that having an easy on hand, like here's all the positive feedback I've gotten or people, you know, giving me kudos and having it all in one place. And so do I always remember that I have that folder? No, but I do have it on my laptop and I try to screenshot whenever I get a positive, you know, call out in a group message or an email, I'll screenshot it and put it in that folder as just like, if you ever need a little pick me up. So should have a smile file, Mary. <laughs> I love that. Honestly, there's sometimes when I have screenshot stuff and I've put it somewhere, even for a conference, I remember a couple of our advisors said nice things in like a chat and I put it in this little folder, but, but never have I thought of like intentionally looking back at something like that. I think that's a great idea. Love that. Yeah. Well, and then plus it like just rolls off the tongue, a little smile file well, for well. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and I feel like, like I've- on your phone and bring it on site for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I feel like I've tried to also be better. Like if I have a team and that team doesn't work with the client, but I do, and I get feedback from the client that's really positive, I try to either screenshot it or quote it and like send that in my email to the team. Because that's the other part. I know there can be a disconnect sometimes if you're just one piece of the event puzzle the main event planner event company probably gets a lot of positive feedback and they don't always send that along. And I started doing that because I realized I really loved that when I got that from companies that I worked for, they would forward along or the client would like CCSN just singing our praises. And that just, I, I think you're not alone, Mary. Like it feels good. It does for the amount of effort and energy that we put into these events, like getting that positive reinforcement, I think really helps. Um, I've just found that while that might be your love language, I feel like a lot of clients like in their head, they're like, oh, I had a great experience with this person, but they're not actually going to you know, remember to say that or maybe say it in so many words. So having so many different points of contact. So like I asked that question now in my post-event feedback call with the clients and then I'd save the reviews email is my like final, final, like I don't even do it. I do it even after sending the final invoice. It's like if I was getting some files for them or whatever is my last email that I send them, I put that review piece in. Um, and that's worked, I would say, more this year. I've had a handful of people do it, not nearly, you know, probably only like 15% of the people I've worked with have filled out a review. So it's not a high conversion, but it's something. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting because I've had some people give really positive feedback and then I send them the review link and they don't fill it out. I'm like, come on, you're like my person. I need you to do this. <laughs> but I, yeah, but I fun. feel like <laughs> the other workaround is being like, hey, I'm happy to you know, do you mind if I share this on my website or something like that? Right. And usually people yeah. will say yes. Um, another thing I've been doing was doing like vendor reviews. So people you work with, not necessarily the end client, but a vendor you've really liked mm -hmm. taking the time to be like, Hey, where do you want me to write you a review? Or like, I got my headshots done by my friend, Jess Keener, who's been on the podcast here talking about social media. She's a photographer. And she sent out a note to all of her people just being like, hey, I'm revamping my business. Would you guys mind going on and reviewing? And I'm like, I loved my experience with her, but I just had, for whatever reason, not made my own mental connection of, hey, I should write a review. And so I went in and did that. And so that since that experience, I've now been realizing anytime I work with people, I'm like, yeah, where can I leave your review? Like, even to like, Mary is an event producer. She and I have already, we have reviews from each other on our LinkedIn. Like, if you have a colleague, you know, you're not someone who works external, you're an in-house planner, an in-house event person, like give reviews to people you work with in-house and share those on LinkedIn because it only makes everybody look good. You and you doing the review and the person you're reviewing just to help, you know, help people find good people. Yeah. Love that. And I do laugh, Mary, you talked about my comment. I did write, I'm looking at my planner of my reflection I did for this last month. And one of my biggest lessons learned from this last month, I said, I can do hard things. Hey. <laughs> Literally right. wrote that down. My instincts are there and I have what it takes. <laughs> 
Absolutely. So that's that's pretty funny. I think something else that I've that's been top of mind for me is just I mean just how interesting it is that some of my what I call passive marketing works for me as a business and passive meaning like my YouTube videos that I do, I think this podcast as well at, at times it can feel like so I guess on YouTube I monetize, so technically I make money off of my videos on YouTube based on the ads that run. Um it's nothing life changing. It's coming in now probably about like 30, 40 bucks a month, which is, you know, still something. It's not nothing, but it's not for the amount of time I still spend doing these. You would probably, I don't ever actually want to look at the hourly breakdown. But what I found is I have gotten a number of event clients through my YouTube channel. And my favorite verbal review I have now from a company that hired me to do a virtual event with them this past month was they booked a call with me and they said they'd found me on the call. They were like, oh, great. We found you through YouTube. We were watching your videos and then realized we should just hire you to do it. And you seemed normal. That was their, that was their call. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just started laughing with these guys because they seemed to already know me and trust me for my videos, which again is still a weird, I, I, something I don't know if Mary, you and I ever are going to be comfortable with, but it's one that we are building these relationships with you listeners and people that we've never met before. Hence why we're doing the conference so we can meet some of you because that's the fun part. But yes, these, uh, this client had found me through YouTube and they said it again, like multiple times. We're just like, yeah, Logan, it's so happy. Like, we're really happy you do know Zoom and all these things. And like, you really are normal. <laughs> and it's just made me think of like, I feel like I should just go on YouTube now to figure out what they mean by like not normal. But I guess, I guess the core of it was while the feedback is kind of funny, like it is working. My, my YouTube videos are working. They're sending people to me that turn into like true paying clients and the, the cool part is they already like and trust me, which usually is the hard part as an event professional. You feel like you have to build that that rapport or you have to build that trust of like, hey, I am the expert. Trust me to do this. And my YouTube videos have, and this podcast, I think, have helped me already do that, do the legwork. And then it's more just, okay, exactly what do you need for your event and how much is it going to cost? And that has been something that's really cool. And I would highly encourage event planners, like, again, not you don't have to have a YouTube channel, but but video is a very popular like and helpful medium because these people are seeing that I'm quote unquote normal <laughs> in a way that me writing blog posts or posting on my LinkedIn, maybe they don't get that same, they don't feel that same affinity for me. So it is something that at times, again, when I see my $30 a month from YouTube, I'm like, it's not really working. And then I have someone book me for like, you know, a several thousand dollar role at an event then I'm like, oh, it's really working. That's my kind of like positive, I feel like, that came out of these last couple yeah. of months. I love that. And I love that you've done that. I, and I've said this before. But I'm like, one day, one day I want to do that just because it seems so gratifying. And also it's like this creative lens that you can do. And then it's so cool to see how it's paid off for you. I mean, $30, $40 a month, that's like a lot of cheeseburgers. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I have it set up where I don't even... I feel like I'm being in my head. I'm smart about it. It's going straight to my savings. So I don't even see it in my like regular accounts. Yeah. So it's just a magical accumulation over there. So yeah. Um, yeah. My very small niche of the internet. <laughs> I love that, that positive spin there too at the end. I would say um, my last one is just that um, looking ahead at the last, you know, a few months or a couple months, whatever that we have this year, I am really motivated to take the time for the slower season for me to just work on my business. I'm so excited about it. 
I really want to do it because sometimes, you know, I get in this space where I get a little lazy and I really just like take it slow. And I think that's good, but I am excited to just work on my business. I don't know. I've got so many ideas and I'm really, really fired up to be able to to do that these next, you know, month and a half of the year. And there's a good place for you to do it too, you know, at the Better Events Conference. conference. (laughs) We're going to have that CEO day workshop. That is a great place to do some of that reflecting. Sounds like you're going to get ahead of us there, but you know, it's a good, good time to think about the business. Well, listeners, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. And Mary, you have our bonus tip this week. Yes, I do. So I just heard this um, from a client and I thought it was a great idea. If you're planning a conference and it's people coming from like the same company, like it's an internal gathering, um, you can have them bring their swag because, you know, from all of these like company events and conferences and things, they get all these this the swag over time. And sometimes you collect the swag that you don't really like. And so they were encouraging people at the conference. They're going to have a designated time where you bring your swag and you can swap it out. And I love I love that idea. I think it's just a fun little like easy thing for people to do. I'm curious how well it's going to work, but I thought it was a fun idea. And so that is my bonus tip for today. Is it new swag or am I swapping my swag for you like you, you, Mary, your swag? I think it's my swag for your swag, which is a little, you know, but we'll see if it works. Wasn't my idea, but I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> so Yeah, it's like thrifting swag. Yeah, like thrifting you get to- swag. Yeah. All right. I like it. That's a fun bonus tip. Listeners, let us know if you try that because, again, we're always down for trying new things. So, well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Truly, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Better Events Pod. You can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com or visit our website, bettereventspod.com. As always, you can connect with Mary and I directly on LinkedIn. We love hearing from you and we thank you for listening and we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. 